This week's British Touring Car Podcast, we take a look at the other half of the field from last season and see how they fared in this British Touring Car 2020 review. Hello everybody and welcome back to the British Touring Car Podcast. Uh, as Sam said in the opening there, we're looking at part two of our driver grades for the season. Sam, how are you this evening? Uh, I'm pretty good, thank you. Um, there's been a few British Touring Car announcements over this past week, uh, which we'll catch you up on with next week in a uh, sort of like another off-season review. Um, but yeah, not been bad. How about you? Yeah, not too bad at all. As you say, there's been a lot uh, announced over the last week or so. But we can't really do it justice as well as do justice to a season review. So as you say, I'm going to be ranting and raving for a couple of points that have come out the last couple of uh, days. So we'll do that on another pod, which will probably be done next week. Uh, by which point we might have some more news to bring you as well, depending on who announces what between now and then. Yeah, hopefully. Um, well, I think we should get straight on into it then um, and pick up from where we left off last week. And uh, I think we should go straight in at Sicily. Um, and more specifically Adam Morgan finished 8th in the championship 206 points and managed to drag that old A-class Mercedes to a win and two further podiums over last season yeah, it was a pretty impressive campaign in the car. We were surprised he came to the grid in uh, mid-grade we agreed for a yep. B uh, during the mid-season grading I've gone for perhaps slightly harshly. You might have gone high, I'm feeling, after that little intro there. I've gone for a B plus. Oh, I've gone for a B. Oh, okay. Um, Fair enough. I thought you might have gone for an A, given your gushing uh, just there a minute ago. Well, from what we considered the the car to be capable of before the season started, uh, I think he squeezed every last ounce of it out of it before... um, uh, before it went into retirement. Yeah, ab- absolutely. He's, he had a very, very competitive campaign again. You say made the most out of a limited car, a win, a couple of podiums along the way. Only three retirements, which is pretty impressive, and scored in every race he finished, which is also pretty damn good considering you know, the, the car we didn't expect to work at certain circuits or in certain conditions. But to actually score in every race he finishes just shows how good a, and consistent a driver Adam Morgan is. And actually, I, I think, I was thinking about this when I was writing it, is he the most underrated driver on the grid, do you think? Oh, he, he's certainly up there. He is thoroughly underrated for the performance that, that he puts in with the calibre of car that he is driving. It will be either the making or breaking of him next season with them now upgrading to the... BMW 3 Series. I mean, there's still a lot to happen before the 21 campaign starts. Yes. But in the <coughs> in the uh, in the way I tipped Tom Chilton as a dark horse last year, I'd be minded to tip Morgan as a dark horse for 2021 because he's proven again and again how good a driver is, how consistent a driver he is, um, and with the right machinery, which he's never truly had. Let's be honest. Um, he could do wonders, and to get in the top 10 uh, of that championship, beating off people like Matt Neal, finishing ahead of Josh Cook, Tom Chilton, Proctor, Smiley, Moffat. These are all people that have got newer, better equipment on paper and he's beaten them all relatively comfortably, actually. He's not a million miles off finishing sort of sick where Tom Oliphant is. Obviously, now you've said that, you've jinxed him for next season and he will finish outside the top 10 um, just because you've given him your backing. Yes, yes, I proved with Tom Chilton this year. My backing is a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, what would you say his his highlight of the year was, if you were to pick one moment? Uh, the highlight for me is that, that sole win that he took in the final race at Alton Park. Uh, I think he started on the front row along with Thompson, who, as we mentioned, had a, a bit of a shocker in that race and dropped down the field very quickly on lap one. Uh, but Morgan showed good pace all weekend, uh, had a 7th in race 1, a ninth in race 2 with a bit of extra weight on board, um, and then got near the front of the grid with the, the reverse grid and brought it, brought it home, basically. Yeah, and the, um, from memory, he, he uh, staved off strong competition from Oliphant and then Turkington, yeah. that was the famous... Uh, yeah, he'll give the place back, which never materialised. Uh, I've actually gone for Silverstone just because, as of the weekend of, as a whole, a sixth, a third, and a, thi- a fifth—a very good weekend at a track that we didn't necessarily think he'd particularly shine at. Particularly coming off the back of 
uh, a double retirement of Thruxton the uh, round before, and as I've always said, it's always interesting to see how people bounce back from adversity, and uh, he he really bounced back in the best possible way at Silverstone, I felt. Yeah, considering, as you say, his issues that he had at Thruxton, that that was the low point for me, is to have a double retirement after finishing fourth in the first race, where he showed really good pace on a power track in an older car, it's really good showing. Um, And what more he could have made of that weekend could have possibly pushed him up the championship, maybe to that sixth position. Yeah, I completely agree. But given the uh, given the equipment at his disposal, a very very good year for Adam Morgan. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring in 21 in new uh, machinery. Should we talk about his teammate uh, Jack Butel? Yes, um, a driver that came into the championship fairly last minute um, after we all know that Dan Rowbottom had to pull out due to sponsorship issues and, and not being able to fund the drive in the the pandemic pandemic situation um, but Jack Butel came in a a fairly experienced racer in other classes um, raced fairly well in the Brit- British GTs if I remember rightly and um, finished 26th in championship overall scoring two points with the best finish of 14. So mid-grade we went for a D uh, final grade I've gone for a C how have you graded his debut season? I have as well um, I've given him a C mm. The, the second half of the season is where he had his only retirement, which for me was quite a surprise uh, and a good positive that the reliability of that car was excellent all season for, for both of them. As we said, Morgan had three retirements, but he never got himself into much trouble um, and he kept his nose clean. Yes, he didn't score masses of points, but... He's coming into the championship in a car which is probably off, or should be off the pace, but I swear Morgan has nods in his. I mean, you've effectively taken my notes worth Oh, sorry. Um, (laughs) Yeah, finished every race of the season but one. Uh, Last minute replacement, very quietly solid. I can't remember too many mistakes, if any, that he made. Um, Particularly running in that part of the grid as well where it is elbows out and it's the, quote, difficult end. You don't want to get caught up in that part of the the pack, where instance I don't actually remember him get exactly I don't actually remember him getting involved in any sort any form of incident or he didn't really show any signs of weakness only signs of improvement as the season developed and um, I'm quite happy he's got his uh, promotion to high and die and accelerate for next season that's going to be the test obviously mm. to how we can adapt in a better car on paper and potentially a better team around him in terms of that's very much Adam Morgan's team who's a last minute replacement whereas Accelerate are looking to build uh, bring through drivers through the programs like Hard have so th- I'd be interested to see how he gets on at uh, Accelerate but I think he more than deserves his promotion and it was a very very solid uh, debut season for I, him I think the the irony of his low point of the season being his sponsors not being very happy because he didn't get much TV coverage because he was just doing what he needed to do going quietly about his business but he didn't he didn't really get talked about too much no that's that's always the difficulty and i'm loath to blame the coverage because obviously you know we want to watch what's happening out front i mean let's be honest we want to see who sutton's trying to launch her down the inside of rather than whether whether a complicated overtake is going to be carried out at the back but we don't quite get to see the back runners as much as perhaps we should um but i thought you know he did a very good job in the equipment he had for a, for a debut season with no real time to prepare. I was very impressed with Butel. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much more no, to say. Um, certainly looking to improve next season, um, bearing in mind what the Hyundai could possibly do. Um, okay, then, should we move on to a driver? Let's get him out of the way, actually, because this... I mean, I might need to stop you, because you might want to talk for hours on this chap. So, let's do Stephen Jelly, shall we? Mid-grade, I went for a C. Final grade, I went for a D-. minus. Um, I'll quickly give my synopsis, and I'll let you take the reins, because I know you have a, a Jelly agenda. Uh, decent start, but not a particularly strong end. An early-season podium showed us how good he and the car can be, but we're reminded perhaps once too often throughout the season how inconsistent he can be I think to sum it up when Jelly is good he's very good and when he's bad he's very bad consistently inconsistent Sam take yeah, it away uh, so my end of season I, I just gave him a flat D you'll you'll be pleased to know um, okay. and certainly that highlight was the Brands Hatch GP weekend where he had two ninths and then the podium the third place and we thought 
okay, maybe, maybe he's turned a corner. In the opening weekend, he had two ninths and, and followed it up with an instant in race three and finished 18th. But the the Brands weekend, he, he showed that he had pace. And I think at the end of the 2019 season, when we were there, he showed pace as well in the, at the GP circuit. So it yeah. it seems to be very dependent on track to him. Um, but the thing is, for such an experienced driver, there are still so many little mistakes and there's no consistency to his driving. That That's the main issue that I have, no. is the, the amount of years that he's been in either the British Touring Cars or in the British GTs, he's not, not had that consistency to be a, a top-quality driver, which there are flashes of. Yeah, and he's always... More or more or less always have the equipment to do it and we know the 3 Series is a very capable car okay it is ageing a little bit now but it's still a very capable car I think I went for a D- minus because for the second half of the season you wouldn't have known no. he was there really there's a flash here or there but you know two top 10 finishes in the second half of the season fine and then a handful outside the places and just it just wasn't and, unless he was making a mistake and or and, and getting camera time because of that it just wasn't really there it was just a bit of a flat end for jelly um and we might not be seeing him back for the 21 campaign yeah. either um, which would be a shame for a, such a stalwart off the grid but as i say just just a flat season really i i, I, I can't get excited even the opening half of the season where, where we gave him a c yeah he had some good performances but a good weekend at brands was followed up by probably his worst weekend at alton park with two 20ths and a retirement and he was nowhere. There was no pace in the car, no nothing compared to the the weekend that he had before at Brands. You're just like, well, where's it gone? Why is there such such disparity between tracks and uh, I don't know. It, it's it's strange how how that car reacts. Um, and as you say, I don't. I'm not confident on him being in, on the grid next year. If I think he's going to be on the grid at all, I think he'll be at WSR in the third car. Um, Team Parker have said that they're definitely not racing, but they might be back for 2022. Whether that's with him or not, we're we're unaware. But I think his time might just be up. I think you're probably right because uh, this is quite an existential crisis question. But what is the point, Stephen Jelly? <laughs> like, because he's well, because he's not competing the independents nope. particularly strongly. He can't compete the Jack Sears. Nope. He's obviously not going to be competing in the drivers' championship, so he's kind he's of a single car team. So, yeah, he's a single car team, and he's kind of one of the most experienced drivers on the grid in terms of you know pure experience and pure races driven. But and he's had his chance at places like WSR as well. I mean, he was in the RAC MG, then BMW. Was it just the BMW? Yep, uh, um, certainly the BMW. You know, so <sighs> what's the point? He's not running. He's not. He's not in the sort of sharp ends often enough I just don't if you are Team Parker Race and you've got younger people coming through now I mean I'm, Harry King's the obvious one whether he wants to come to the touring cars another question but I can certainly understand why Team Parker might want to start focusing on the next generation rather than Jelly which is a shame because I say he's a nice chap and he is he has been on the grid for a long long time but I just don't know what happens next for him really would it be rude to say that this this season just gone? He's he's filled a seat that someone better could have had. I think that's perhaps slightly too harsh. Cause I can't think of anyone who missed out because of him. Um, because and also you've got to remember how much Team Parker do for the motorsport in general, not oh, just yes. the touring cars, yes. but you know they are they're similar to hard accelerate. They have multiple um, disciplines they run in, and you need that kind of team and that kind of uh, you know that ethos in the sport. So. And obviously, you know, he, Jenny might say he does it because it's the fun of it and fine, but at, at some point, that fun's surely got to wear off. All, all credit to the team, the the way that they can get that car back into one shape once he puts it in a barrier or something. I, I knew you'd get the last word in. Okay, let's move on to Accelerate. We've mentioned them a couple of times. Uh, running the Hyundai in its debut season. Senna Proctor, first of all. Mid-grade B, final grade C. But you think I might be being a little bit harsh? 
Uh, yeah, so finished 13th in the championship, scored 141 points and had one podium. I've given him, him an end of season grade of a B. Um, highlights being that podium at Knock Hill, uh, I believe in race three. Um, finished second, was on pole but couldn't hold on to it because um, Rory was on fire in that third yeah. race. Um, so, best of the rest, Tom Chilton finished third. The low point was Donington, where the opening weekend you couldn't really have had a much worse start with a, a retirement that did not start and then a re- another retirement. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I think, was more down to the car. I believe it had a turbo failure. Um, and that, when you jump into a brand new car for the first time, and in a season where you haven't like almost come straight from the media day slash testing day two weeks later coming into a season when you've had that big gap then gremlins are bound to creep in um and then unfortunately at the final round of the season he, he had a 19th yes fought back to eighth in race two but then finished race three 19th yeah where do i start um <laughs> scored a lot of points you say but I think my biggest disappointment was where the points were scored. So there's a lot of sort of the 10 to 15th sort of areas. So the you know the bottom end of the points. Now I know it's the first season for the car, but given the glimpses we saw early on, Brands GP, the podium at Knock Hill, I just don't think the car, the fight back at Croft as well actually, I just don't think it developed the way that perhaps it should have done. Now, Tom Ingram, we'll get onto this more in our... Uh, news pod but believes it's a championship winning car I'm not sure on the data from last he, year he's how always going to say that, that conclusion um, he's always going to say that when he makes a move well yeah but I'm just looking at the the, the you know the raw facts of it one fastest lap for Senna Proctor throughout the season two yep. fastest laps for Smiley who will get onto throughout the season given its strong start <clears throat> in the opening couple of the weekends I just felt it f- was a bit flat for long patches throughout the season. Now, that's always going to be slightly the case of a new car, teething problems, etc. I accept that. Except Ash Sutton's also in a new car. Um, has run, only run half a season and won the championship. So that, that argument loses some face a little bit, particularly when you consider that Accelerate would have probably been looking to develop this car for quite a while. As they, were, they went early in their announcement for the 2020 campaign that they were running On- the high and I. On um, development of cars, can, yeah. can I pose to you the fact that Senna is, what, 22, maybe? Chris Smiley's had a couple of years, three, maybe four years in the touring cars. They're not the most experienced drivers. I think they have different driving styles. So you could have one car go in one direction and one car go in another direction, and they're not sure which way to take the development. Like we've seen last year with Haas. The drivers were giving certain feedback, the engineers were getting the other feedback from the data, and and they were butting heads. And I wonder whether the car wasn't able to develop, because these are two drivers that have never developed a car before. When Proctor was at BMR, there was Sutton, there was Plato, who had, had taken the car in the direction they wanted it. Whereas these are two drivers that have always been second, second fiddle in a team, maybe even third, and they haven't had that... I don't know, responsibility put upon them to develop a car. I think that that is an interesting point, but I would have two responses to that. First of all, I think part of the problem, particularly where Proctor is concerned, is that he doesn't stay anywhere long enough to really develop a car. Yeah. He's very much a season here, a season there. Um, and he's not confirmed <coughs> Accelerate for this year or this, this coming year. So Lord knows he's going to be there for 2021. My second worry about that would be, well, don't expand to a four-car team, then. <laughs> if, you, if you can't get two cars about the way you want to, don't expand to a four-car team. Now, folks in the Proctor in particular... That then gives them more room to develop. Hence bringing in Tom Ingram, as we'll go into the news later next week, bringing in an experienced driver like that who's had two seasons trying to develop a brand-new car. You then bring someone in like that to go, OK, these are the things that we need to do to get this going in the right direction and then you've got four cars to get data from to see where you can make these improvements but you likely end up with one car that does well and three that does badly but anyway that we'll see how that play, plays out next season my point with Senna Proctor is that throughout his racing career he's he scores good points but they're not at the sharp end often enough I think um, I think there was 
more to this car than either of them got out of it. Uh, perhaps the C is harsh on in the cold light of day. Perhaps I can put it up to a C plus. Um, he certainly did better than Smiley. I'm just again, I'm just I suppose because how promising it looked for the opening cup of the weekends to how not uncompetitive, but it wasn't challenging enough at the sharp end throughout the season. Um, I just got a bit of a down on it to be honest with you. But looking at the gap actually between Proctor and Smiley, I, I think. I, I, I can be persuaded to put it up to a B actually the more I look at the data in front of me the, the, the gap between the two of them was, was quite stark really up to about the mid-season they were they were neck and neck with each other um, and the, the back end of the season Smiley as we'll go on to now he he didn't seem to he, he, a bit with Jelly you wouldn't notice if he wasn't there. there there were a couple of standout performances but apart from that he was like bang average well, you would have noticed he was there at Silverstone when he moved out the way of Colin Turkett and then decided to block off even behind him. But anyway, uh, mid-grade went for a C. Uh, final grade, I've gone for a D. As you say, second half of the season, didn't particularly kick on. Just very, very average. Solid, unspectacular, not at the sharp end enough. Don't think he was getting the best out of the car. And to be honest, I'm slightly surprised he's been announced for next year. Uh, I am too. Um, he also got one point podium, scored 106 points, finished directly behind uh, Proctor in 14th. Uh, I gave him an end of season C minus. Um, that highlight was that opening weekend for him where he got that podium in the third race. Um, and the low point was Thruxton where the, the car looked lacklustre and looks quite slow and suffering for maybe top end speed and, and grip through the fast corners. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. The, you say the opening weekend was good. It looked to be a really solid foundation to build from. I'm minded to say, though I understand for us, I'm, I'm minded to say Brands Hatch GP is the one of the low points because of coming off such a strong weekend, such a poor weekend, you know, following the opening euphoria. But you're right, Thrux and the car seemed to struggle. But the truth is it seemed to struggle for speed at quite a lot of the places. Silverstone, it yep. wasn't quite on the boil. Croft, it wasn't quite on the boil. I mean... They scored points because they were still faster than the people behind them. But let's not forget, some of the cars behind them were four Volks, sorry, three Volkswagens, uh, which were effectively going in reverse. Uh, Stephen Jelly a lot of the time as well. You look at the people they've beat. So I suppose, who have they beaten who's a surprise? The answer, Sam Osborne. That's about it. Yeah. Ma- that's, ma- that's the problem. Maybe Moffat. But we should, maybe Moffat. we should be expecting more of Moffat out of that car, possibly. It will be interesting to see so, how that car develops in the coming season with the selection of drivers that they're going to have. Obviously, they've got three confirmed in Ingram, Butel and Smiley. As you say, a surprise to see Smiley back, especially for me, how far he was off of Proctor last season. Yes. Yes. I, I completely agree. You're right, he did beat Moffat. He beat Moffat by a single point. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not anything to particularly shout about. And you say, you look at the other people... I mean, flip it around slightly. Would you have expected at the start of the season Proctor and Smiley to finish ahead of Ollie Jackson? Probably yes. To finish in front of Jake Hill? Possibly yes. Mm, no. Because we know the speed that was in that Honda and as soon as we saw the focus out the box, we knew it was a quick car. And, and the way that Ollie has been developing over the last couple of seasons, as we spoke about last week, it, it, that's a really good season for him. Would you have expected them to be over 40 points off the top 10? Yes, probably, in a brand new car. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think we, we differ here on, mm. on what we're expecting. Perhaps I perhaps I over-expect and perhaps you under-expect and perhaps somewhere is in the middle where we should be looking. Yeah. Um, As I say, ne- next we'll just, year will be telling. Yes, yes. We'll discuss uh, Accelerate's plans for 2021 in more detail at a future podcast. Let's move on to... Uh, MB, Blue Square, whatever else it is. Accelerated by Blue Square. Yeah, Yeah, that one. Yeah, the the two FK2 Hondas that were on the grid uh, for the final time, by the look of it, um, as they are moving moving to a focus, which will be interesting. Uh, Jake Hill uh, finished seventh in the championship, 212 points and six podiums. I didn't realise he had six podiums across the season. Yeah, he was quietly very, very good at picking up thirds and, well, mainly thirds and a second. Yeah. Um, 
mid-grade, we went for B. a... We agreed on a B. I've gone for an A- minus as, as the I. final grade. Mm, we agree, blimey. I think... I think, you know, it's a very solid season, particularly given the early car trouble. Um, constantly at the front six, which is surprising. He was sort of in and around the front mm. six, seven, eight cars. Uh, as you say, six podiums, seventh in the championship. That's a very tidy return. And I also wonder how higher up he could have been had he not had the early car trouble as well, because he was running well when the car let go on him. That's the thing. Yeah. And he's not a million miles off Tom Oliphant. He's a bit further off Rory Butcher. But I think sixth was easily attainable for him, actually. Um, the only criticism I'd say of the car is it didn't seem to handle the weight particularly well. Um, I think there's evidence throughout the season that there was a, a race three drop off or race two, three drop off, depending on how race one or two had gone before mm -hmm. it. Uh, but overall, once he got that rotten bit of luck in the opening couple of rounds done, very, very good season bar one poor result of Thraxton. Yeah. Um, for me, the the standout performance was at Croft, um, where he had the second in race one, third in race two, and then the seventh in race three. Remembering that he had that instant with Ash Sutton, who was charging through the pack, and almost shrugged that off and was like, okay, right, and carried on to the podium. I went for a different highlight. Um, I can say we've gone for that one. I went for Alton Park. Just on the basis of the year before, of course, there was the Matt Neal incident <laughs> uh, at Alton Park. And he re returned this year with a third, a seventh and a seventh, yep. which is pretty damn yep. good. Um, always look at how you come back from adversity. Came back, answered, put any ghosts of 20, uh, 2019 to rest there. With a very good performance at a track I didn't expect the car to go well at, if I'm being mm. honest. So, yeah... I'm, Jake Hill's racecraft is improving year on year. We all know a couple of seasons ago he wasn't my favourite at all. He's completely made me have a lot of egg on my face. Yep. Um, you can dip a soldier into my face now. Um, but very pleased, very pleased that he's you know uh, improving. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do in a fourth next year because that could be quite a combination. As you say, it, it's such a shame that those four retirements and a non-classified in the first six races of the season... The, the car just wasn't there for him. Um, and I'm not sure the, the opening three three races could have been any worse for him. Um, what surprised me, though, was his one-lap pace. Now, I'm talking about qualifying, where yes. he finished fourth in the Wingfoot Award, ahead of drivers like Sutton and Ingram. And, I mean, for a car that's one of the oldest on the grid at that point, to still be pulling those results out of the bag... And being able to hook it up in, uh, on one lap. Excellent. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, one I hadn't considered. You, you're absolutely right. His one lap pace was superb. Mm. Um, and the, I think that's why, how, where his success came from, that he was such a strong qualifier that he was able to then really build on those in the race weekends when the car wasn't blowing up on him. And I say the only... Shame he never got a pole, though. Yeah. But I say the only sort of disappointing thing would have been Thruxton... Um, where obviously he didn't qualify particularly well and then finished 22nd. But then the career he recovered from that, 11th and the 9th. Um, he really seems yeah. to have grown up a lot. And fair play, I'm, I'm really happy Jake Hill's on the grid next year, which I didn't think I'd be saying a couple of seasons ago. Uh, yes. Shall, shall we move on to the, the the ying of the yang mm, Yes. in that team? Okay. Um, Sam Osborne yeah. finished 19th in the championship, 29 points. Best finish of 7th. Um, mid-season we gave him a D because I don't know there, there were car troubles in the early season and we thought okay may, maybe he needs a little bit more reliability to be able to show his pace he got that 7th position in the opening race of the season and then he had two retirements not a great weekend for them as a whole for that team um, but then nothing else really happened so my end of season grade for him is an E Okay, I've gone for a D minus on the basis that it's only his second season and his first season in the MG, he wouldn't have learnt an awful lot. However, it was quite poor. Far too many mistakes. Nowhere in the Jack Sears. He was outperformed by Hill by 7.3, i.e. Hill scored 7.3 more points than him. I've just worked that out. <laughs> Over seven times the yeah, score. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
Just couldn't get a run together. Jeez. So many silly mistakes as well. Just stupid dropping it on the grass here or there. Or oh, I don't know. I I I can't decide what's under there because he did fairly okay in the MG, but then there was no pressure. There was pressure here because the, mm. we know the car's good, as you say. Best result came on the first race of the season, and actually, I think I remember saying that that was a really good starting point. Okay, the two retirements you take with a pinch of salt because the same happened to Hill. Yeah. But that's a good good start, you know. He, he outscored Hill on the opening weekend. And then he's just had a wretched run where he's put, you know, what's that, seven races where he out points scoring together in the sort of mid-pack there. And then he get Yeah, nothing at Knock Hill, no, nothing at Thruxton. Only, what, three points at Silverstone the following weekend. Yeah. Seven retirements in total and a non-classified. You, you need more. Uh, I- Quite honestly, for a t- for a team that the previous year had won the Independence Trophy, you need more. Yeah, particularly with the year before having the split driver, because obviously the, the tragedy that befell toured off mid-season. You know, you yeah. need. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You need more, and the fact is that they were nowhere in the team's championship this year because of. Yes, there have been some trouble along the way. I accept that, but after Brands Hatch, they seemed over it. Certainly, Jake Hill's side of the garage, and I'm not. I, I can't accept that all of his poor performances or retirements were down to car trouble because we saw too often him get involved in a city scrape or drop the wheel or just not have the pace. And I don't know. I don't know. We expect him to be a driver for next year given his father's position in the team. I'd be surprised if he's not uh, got a seat at Motorbase next year. I'd be amazed. But, I mean, how long do you hold on? It's difficult because you know I think what stopped me giving him an E was that we have to remember this is only his second season. Yes, I understand that, but he is also the, the, there are two there there is one set of races at Croft where he scored points consecutively. That's it. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that, but we're talking about a 28 year old who's fairly young. He's only really spent two seasons in the Clio Cup before this. Um, yeah, he's it, he's improved from where he was last year, where he only scored two points. But equally, the improvement. Oh well, yes. Yeah, but the improvement isn't as great as I think it should have been. Um, I think next year or th- this coming year is the real tell. To be honest with you, um, I'm sort of willing to hold off being too damning until I've seen next year as well. But Hyundai in its first season. It- <laughs> <laughs> You'll completely have a go at that. Well, yeah, because the level of cars in the high, the level of driver in the high and die. You know, you've got race winners there. Osborne is not a race winner. Yeah. He's not been close yeah. to being a race winner. I think you cut him a little bit of slack on that regard. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to shy away from it. It's been a poor season. He, the, you know, didn't perform to the level the car can. He'll be aware of that. And I think you know he really has to improve for the uh, second. His, sorry, his third season in the in the sport. Um, yeah, certainly does. Take a deep breath, mate, because we're now going to do hard. Let's. Is everyone belted in for this and and, and ready for the the merry-go-round that was Team Hard? Shall we start with the 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 mainstays of the Team Hard? Yes. The two of them. There's three of them. Um. Well, Nick Hamilton missed a weekend, didn't he? Oh, yeah, but... But, yeah, but, but yes, I, I accept, okay, three of them. First of all, Carl Bordley. Okay. Um, the only one not driving a clapped-out old Volkswagen CC. Instead, he was driving clapped-out old BMW 1 Series. <laughs> um, finished 21st in the championship with 18 points. A best finish of 12th. And that was achieved at Knockhill. Um, mid-season we gave him a C and end of season uh, I can be swayed on this one I've given him a C okay I've given him a C minus so we're around about the same area yeah I was disappointed by the second half of the season because it just went on some wretched runs and wasn't really there made a couple of mistakes along the way but if you compare him to teammate Jack Goff, he's beaten Jack Goff. Now, I know it's not the same equipment, but he has beaten Jack Goff, which is quite impressive in its own right. And he's yeah. not a yeah. million miles off 
uh, Osborne in a far better car. Yes. So, I think it's been a, a C is solid, and I think that's what Carl Bordley will look at his you know season in the BMW as solid. And to be fair, he's also been closest to the points on several occasions as well. So. Oh yeah, pl- plenty of sixteenth and seventeenth. Exactly. Places. He's not been completely cut adrift in the car, so I think C's about right to be honest with you. Um, Knock Hill was probably his best weekend. Um, had his best finish there and seemed to have good pace all weekend. That that car seems to like that track because of how tight and twiddly it is, and, and we've always known that that one series to change direction fairly well um, and have good traction out of that the massive hairpin. Uh, however, the the low point followed at Thruxton for me. Two retirements and a 19th, no pace, and that that little coming together with Andy Neat. Oh, yes, yes, the Neat Diary. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That one. Yeah, I'd agree with your uh, summation there. 2021 is going to be really interesting for Bordley because he's been giving another title-winning car, effectively, two seasons in a row. Uh, did the, actually, is it three seasons of the Volkswagen win a title? It did, didn't it? Uh... I don't think so. Did not did Turk did not win one in, in the Volkswagen? Mm, don't think so. Oh, anyway. Um, he's going to be in a tight winning car again with the Q50. Yep. And Literally it's a tight winning car, I think, because I think he's going to have Ash Sutton's car last season. I believe, looking at the various pictures on social media, you're correct that he's got Sutton's one from last year, which they've now taken all the stickers off, uh, and we'll probably yep. gold it up. Um, yeah, I think he's going to have to prove himself again next year, but... I, you know, what what could you really expect? I suppose by his own admission, he didn't really compete the Jack Sears, which is what he was hoping to compete in at the start of the season. Um, yeah, he he was there and thereabouts going into like the back end of the season, mm. and then he finished with one. He scored points once in the main championship in the last nine races. Yeah, so it's not not great. No, it fell away from him a little bit there. I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, but. As I say, it wasn't a bad season. Uh, I think it was a you know, decent one. And he did beat Andy Neat in the t- title uh, standings, which I'm sure will be a little win for him along the way. I think those two should probably have a boxing match. Would pay to see it. Would pay to see it. Yes, yes. Um, I mentioned Jack Goff there. Let's do Goff next then. Uh, mid-season, we gave Goff a D. Final grade, I've given him a C-. minus. Um, poor cars give poor results. Goff was... You know, by far the most experienced of the hard boys, but really struggled. Um, I struggled a bit at points doing this because it's hard to rate Goff in a uh, Volkswagen because we know historically he's a good driver. On the other hand, I did think he seemed to throw his toys out the pram at times with some odd interviews and tweets, with a real, uh, albeit he had a real smattering of bad luck along the way. But I don't know. He was a very frustrated Jack Goff throughout 2020, wasn't he? I, I think he knew fairly early on in the season that was the last year of the Volkswagen. And I think that was possibly the reason that he stayed there for this season, knowing that there'd be a brand new sparkling car coming along next season. And that a lot of the comments that he'd made interviews and and put up on social media was quite tongue-in-cheek, knowing what was coming, maybe? Um, Possibly. That would make some sense, but the way... Certainly the tone I took... Some of it was really harsh. Yeah, Certainly, the tone I took them was toys at the pram, a little nature, mm. a little bit. But yeah, perhaps some of them were tongue in cheek. Now we know what we know. Um, how did you grade his season? Well, I thought we gave him a mid-season C, but that must have passed me by. Uh, in the end, I gave him a C. Um, it, it's very much the same of the same. The first half of the season, he had three retirements. Second half of the season, he had two. He, he scored points pretty much split half and half of the season um, and yeah it was just very lacklustre unfortunately didn't score any points for the last four rounds, 12 races um, and I think that was the car just going, that's it I'm done, <laughs> I'm out of here you've already told people that you're replacing me with a brand new Cupra um, so yeah, struggled a load at Knock Hill which we'd expect and then the strongest circuit being Thruxton whereas getting a big barge around there is is much easier than a small twiddly, twiddly track in the Scottish Highlands. Yeah, I would agree. I'd agree. Uh, I'd say. I'm interested to see how 21 goes for him in the Cupra. Um, and hopefully he does have some better luck for the year. I would also... I mean, he's, 
He still scored eleven points. Yeah, which is pretty so. good. Pretty good for the um, Volkswagen. I think also. I think the thing that did it for me was when he was on the front row at was it Brands GP after the grid reversal, and his interview on the grid was basically, well, we're not going to finish anywhere near the front, so we'll just see how it goes. And if I'm yeah. not at the back of the grid yeah. by turn two, or words to that effect, you know, I just thought second race of the season. <laughs> we know the car's bad, <laughs> but you're a race winner, mate. Come on. It was just an odd interview, oh, I thought, and I just he yeah. cut a very frustrated figure at times, which I can completely understand because he's a race winner and he's a. Yeah, he wants to be competing, and let's be honest, he wasn't. He's still reminiscing about that race that he had with Sutton at um, Snetterton, isn't he? Yeah. Um, the last of the hard mainstayers of the one weekend he couldn't com- uh, compete, Nick Hamilton. Mid-grade D, final grade, I've gone for a D. How have you looked at it? Same here. Uh, finished 29th, scored his first point in the British Touring Cars. Congratulations to him on that. He's been trying very hard to try and get that done, and he managed to get that at the Brands Hatch GP in the final race, which was, if I remember, a bit of a mental one because it was so hot and everyone was dropping left, right, and centre. Um, unfortunately, there was a triple DNF at Thruxton, which was the car's strongest track, um, and probably the best part of his season was the livery on that car. <laughs> yeah, it was probably my favourite livery on the grid, to be honest. Um, Low point was Alton Park where the damage he sustained in a to be fair oh, to him, wasn't a, wasn't really his fault huge in his defence. Hit, wasn't it? Yeah, and it wasn't really his his fault in his defence. Was that put him out no. of the the next uh, the next race is at Knock Hill? Wasn't the greatest return of a trouble retirement. Um, just it's really difficult to assess Nick at this level because he's never had the machinery at his disposal to prove himself. But going no. with what he has had, I think it's hard to give him anything other than a D. Because even there, there was development from last season. There was, but you look at where he finished. He wasn't really near the points. If truth be told, at any other point of the season, you know, it was no. comfortably in the twentieth positions rather than you know the sixteenth, seventeenth. So I think a D is fair. Um, which of the many hard standings do you want to look at next? Well, shall we go on to the ones that have done the the most races for the team? So, Ollie Brown started the season for um, Team Hard. A a surprise appointment, um, because he was brought in last moment, wasn't he? He was their their graduate driver. Finished 24th in the championship, scoring three points. Had a best finish of 13th, um, and that was at... Uh, Brands Hatch um, mid-season gave him a D and at the end of the season I gave him a D as well because he only raced unfortunately the first three rounds he was caught up in that incident with Nick Hamilton as well and um, he I don't know he kind of impressed and, and showed good pace at times Um but that that crash at Oldham Park unfortunately put into his season, um, but seemed competent and composed. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with everything you've just said. Um, a shame we didn't get to see a full season out of him, uh, as he was the shock replacement, as you say. Uh, just what can you say? My my grades also a D because that's what we graded him at the midpoint. We didn't get to see him race again after that. What can you? really say it's a it's a shame that there's it was unfortunate wasn't it yeah it's a shame there's not enough there or or there's reliance on bringing so much money to motorsport because you know he was looked a fairly competent solid pair of hands he was never going to win the championship no but i mean he was looking competent and looking decent enough in the seat he was certainly wasn't as far adrift as i perhaps thought he might be coming in as a complete rookie um yeah, he was getting better results than Nick was, yeah. who had been in the car for the previous season. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but how do you how do you fully grade somebody over nine races? So I think it's a D, but yeah. I think he could have been a surprise performer of the season, but we'll never know. Could have been, could have been. Um, moving on to Glingetti now. Mm. Um, he did two rounds for... Oh, pardon me. Tom Onslow Cole, he did two rounds before that. Uh, he did Thruxton and Silverstone for Team Hard. Finished 31st in the championship. Didn't score any points. Had a best finish of 18th. For me, I gave him a C uh, for those those races that he competed in. He didn't disgrace himself. I know he's been in the championship before, but it's been a while since he's been there. And he finished either 21st, 19th or 18th in the races that he finished. 
I've gone for a C minus. Um, I expected yeah. slightly more considering his pedigree of the driver coming in, and I just got the impression his heart wasn't truly in it. If I'm being honest with you, it almost felt like a favour to Hard rather than yeah, you know this being what he wanted to do, particularly by the fact he then went off to do his was it Euro car or some European championship, which meant he couldn't mm. return because of the COVID restrictions. He'd have known that at the time. I don't know. It 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 just felt like I'll do you a favour. It didn't quite feel like he was fully committed to the, which is completely fine by the way. It's his choice entirely. But and I might be completely wrong, but I just got the impression that he wasn't his heart wasn't in it the way it was before. Part part of the surprise for me of his season was to see him on the BTC grid. I I thought his BTC career, as it were, it was over and and we wouldn't be seeing him back on the grid. Um, so it was a little nice surprise for that. Oh yeah, he's an incredibly popular driver, and as you say, it was nice to see yes. him. And he did make progress in you know as the as the weekend or the races sorry went on twenty first, twenty first, nineteenth, nineteenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. Yeah, good, not mm. spectacular. I expected a little bit more from being honest. But it's hard to know how last minute he was, how high up the list he was, and how committed he was to the uh, to the task at hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, Glengetty uh, also did two race weekends for Team Hard. Um, finished thirtieth in the championship, scored a point for the team uh, with the best finish of fifteenth at Snetterton. Um, for me, I gave him a C plus. Same. I was pleasant, pleasantly pleased and surprised at, at the pace that he showed in that car um, we we know he's been in the championship before running in the MG6 if I remember rightly uh, possibly was he um, with the um, auto aid RCIB colours I believe uh, but unfortunately had two retirements at the Brands Hatch Indy circuit um, but he was he seemed to be constantly improving at the opening weekend at Snetterton um, and to jump in and score points in a car that's that poor over the season is is pleasantly surprising for me. You're bang on. He was in 2018, but you're also incorrect in a sense. He was also in 2014 in the Toyota Avensis in the United Autosports. Oh, yes. Avensis, which had completely passed me by. Um, no, like you, I, like, like you, I was impressed. You know, he came in last minute with a limited experience in the touring cars. Managed to score points. Not the greatest weekend at Brands, but I think given the change of conditions, that can be excused for somebody with who's probably fairly rusty. And I think he's probably deserved his seat for next year. To be honest with you, I was pleasantly surprised. He got on, wasn't particularly flash, wasn't particularly moany. Got on with the task at hand, did quite well. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting that he's got a seat for next year. Um, I certainly think he did enough in in those last two uh, weekends to warrant that seat and it'll be interesting to see whether he's able to keep that seat for the whole year as as we normally go with the team hard drivers um but it, it would be good experience for him especially in a brand new car i agree right well you thought that the team hard you need to take a breath for let's take an even bigger breath now and do the hard slash pmr and then all the pmr drivers because as you know <laughs> pmr did guest appearances all year for various up-and-coming drivers uh, part of the year. Yeah, part of the of course, part of the year, you're right. Uh, so let's start with Mike Busher, who also did a weekend for hard as well. Uh, do you want to start with Bushel? So he finished 27th in the championship, scored a point, and that was at Team Hard, I must add, um, with the best finish of 15th at Croft. Uh, seemed very quick that weekend mm. um, for a driver that's just jumped in, a car that's relatively new to him, Probably took some adjustment from earlier in the season when he was racing in the Vauxhall Astra for PMR. Um, highlights for me was the weekend that he spent at Team Hard. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the low point was the, the time he was at PMR and that big crash at Knock Hill. How have you graded him? I've gone for a C. Yeah, so I believe at mid-season, because he completed those two rounds mid-season, we gave him a D. Uh, we weren't very impressed. But at the, the end of the season, I have given given him a C uh, for the performance that he managed to drag out of the, the Volkswagen. Yeah, I think absolutely right. It was a surprise to see him back at hard, in a way, <laughs> after doing uh, two races with PMR. Uh, it was even more of a and surprise. And having, having had shoulder damage, didn't he, in that accident in race three? He had indeed, yes, yep. Uh, and yeah. it's even more of a surprise to see him score a point with hard at Croft of all places, to be honest with you. 
Um, and in race two. Not even in a, like race three calamity race. It, it was race two on pace. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a shock. Did very well. I was slightly disappointed of his performances at PMR from being honest. Um, given that the car is better than than the Volkswagen, but yep. I think a C is probably fair. I'm not sure whether he has a British touring car career on the gr- track though. Perhaps maybe in the garages. I don't know if you have a particular feeling on that. Um, yeah, when he stepped in um, for Tordoff uh, at what would have been RCIB insurance in that FK2 Honda, he showed promise there. Um, but also we know that that car got to where it was possibly because of his engineering capabilities. And to have a person like that in and around a team that can do both and can understand the drive as well, I think is a real asset to someone. And I think there were talks about it during the season that he may be going back to PMR for this coming season to be an engineer. Um, depending on who the the second driver is for them, having obviously announced Plato. Yes, I think he would be better used as an engineer, unfortunately. Um, and it looks as if by some of his social media that he's looking to do something on two wheels next season um, and get some bike racing under him under him it'll be interesting to see if he comes back in any form um, he seems to have a major chunk of bad luck when he tries to get in a touring car yeah yeah that's the true that's true enough that's true enough um, so. which of the PMR drivers do you want to start with then as the if we go through the best of the rest Shall we go for the best of the PMR drivers? Yeah, which is obviously Rob Austin. Rob Austin. Um, 22nd in the championship, having only completed three races. He's finished ahead of nearly all the team hard boys. He's only finished five points behind Carl Bordley, um, scoring 13 points in total. Best finish of 11th in that race three at Thruxton. Uh, A B for me. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah, a B for me. Uh, Thrux is an incredibly hard circuit to get thrown into because you've got to be brave or you're not finishing anywhere near uh, anybody else. You'll still be competing it now. Uh, the car, we weren't quite sure how far it had come on from the 2019 season. And blimey, Eck, he didn't half hold his own. Uh, and, and raced as well. Got involved in racing, did. which is what you want to see. Drove without fear. Uh, Rob Austin has still got it. And I really you've hope he's back You've been reading my notes again, haven't you? <laughs> that was like my surprise just, he has still got it in, in quotation marks it yeah, was just has. a shame it was only one weekend I, I hope he's got a seat for next year somewhere anywhere because he is too yeah. good not to be on the grid yep agreed um, other drivers that drove for PMR uh, Jade Edwards 35th in championship 0 points best finish of 21st uh, I gave her a C for that weekend um, mainly because she had some coming together with Andy Neat again um, and she was there or thereabouts with the drivers that we thought she would be battling with coming into the championship afresh. Yeah, I'd agree if you want to see. Um, nothing spectacular but certainly didn't disgrace herself. Got a little bit caught up with Andy Neat but gave as good as she got. Mm. Um, very interested to see how she's going to progress in the BTC car for the 21 campaign. That's going to be very interesting indeed to see how she can make that transition. Um, but no, she certainly didn't disgrace herself. And we it's good to see women on the grid. Uh, and I hope to, this can inspire more to keep going and force their way into the uh, the top tier of motorsport. Yeah, I, I think she's doing mega things for women in motorsport in general. And especially being able to be such um, a role model for not just women, but people who want to get into motorsport I, I know that she's not the youngest but getting into it and still pushing for it and she's third generation racer now her, her dad raced and her granddad before that and you can see the drive and determination that she's got coming through the categories and even last season when she she didn't have a drive in the Clio she didn't have anything to get her teeth into she took that opportunity at PMR and she tried to make the most of it. Yeah, and she's also very media savvy and yes. very knows the importance of a presence online and the brand build building etc. Which is so 
vital. Unfortunately, you know, you know, it's not fashionable to say, it's not cool to say, but to race in any Premier Series now, you need money, you need backing, you need a brand, and I think she understands that incredibly well and is very intelligent with it. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think she did very well in the glimpse we saw of her. Looking forward to seeing more of her this year. Um, she wasn't the only uh, female to race, of course, though, because Jessica Hawkins also had a run out in the PMR car. Yep, uh, 33rd in the championship, didn't score any points, had the best finish of 20th. Um, she didn't disgrace herself either, uh, gave her a C as well. Um, she was able to hold her own, um, and she's a driver that, that not many people would have known about. Uh, she's done a lot of stunt driving for like the Fast and Furious live shows. Um, so, yeah, I think we could possibly see more drives from her, maybe in minis and stuff like that. Because um, I think she is only only young, and she gradually built up her pace over the weekend that she was there. I completely agree. I actually gave her a C plus. Um, okay. She's twenty five. I gave her a C plus on the basis that she improved with every race, positional wise, yep. and there are easier tracks to come into than Snetterton. Oh yes, as your Long, yeah, longest as one your... on the uh, calendar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think given that uh, she had to race what is one of the harder circuits on the grid and the fact that she qualified 22nd and got to 20th, okay, it's not setting the world on fire, but that's improvement, that's clear improvement over three races um, and it's clear uh, that she has potential there as well. She has been in both Accelerate and Team Hard setups in the past, Mm. uh, in the Volkswagen Racing Cup for Hard and the Mini Challenge Pro Class for Accelerate. So whether we see one of those seats filled by her is another question. We'll have to wait Ooh. and see. She going to be the fourth driver at Accelerate? That would be a hell of a turner, wouldn't it, if she was the fourth driver for Accelerate this year? Well, stranger things have happened, so I would be massively surprised. She finished second uh, in that championship in the pro class with Accelerate in the Mini Coopers in 2017. So who yep. knows? We'll see how that one goes. Uh, but no, I thought she was very good. Um, I thought you know, she she took the whole weekend in good spirit. The the only thing like with with Jade actually, it's just a shame she had no fans she could take to the circuit with her because she has got a, yeah. a Hawking's army with her. Where, and I hope we see more of her because I thought she was good. Uh, C plus for me. Good good insight into what what sort of driver she is. Definitely. Um, and the final driver of the the PMR guests uh, was Bradley Philpot. Uh, raced at the final weekend for. Um, PMR 34th in championship 0 points best finish of 21st for me he was lacking just there didn't seem to be much coverage of him first of all and I know that it's final race weekend of the year and you're not going to get much coverage because it's all about the championships I understand that but his race results didn't set the world like considering how experienced we saw him to be from looking over him before that race weekend started. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree. I've gone for a C just on the basis that it's a heck of a difficult race to come into when it's those kind of conditions. Um, yep. PMR probably didn't have the setups, to be honest with you. Or, you know, as you say, it's also the last weekend of the season. Were PMR particularly bothered? Uh, or were they just... Do they have half an hour next season, potentially? Um, and it is yeah. difficult in those kind of conditions as well. Um, just, again, if the problem with all of these drivers, the one-offs, is how do you really, really rate them? Because it's one weekend, and things can go wrong very quickly, and it can be difficult to write the weekend. So I'm going to go for a C, just on the basis that, you know, I'm not sure what else we could have honestly expected, particularly given the conditions. Yeah. I can understand that. Um, well, that is all the drivers. Well, pretty much all the drivers. Obviously, Jack Huntwell, unfortunately, uh, was meant to drive for PMR. Um, but on the Croft weekend, he came down with... Um, was it like gallstones or something? No, it was appendicitis, the, wasn't it? Appendicitis, yes, on the, on the Friday. And was unfortunately not able to take part of that weekend for them. Um, I think he could have impressed for them. Um as he's impressed in in lower formula before um and he will have been really disappointed not to be able to get on track yeah as you say uh, you know disappointment there but i think that's not the last we've heard from him in any way shape or form i'm sure he'll be back 
in one of the series. Um, as you say, that pretty much sums up the driver grades. We have got uh, our driver awards to do, but we'll do that in next week's News Roundup show uh, and awards session podcast. Uh, who was your driver of the year? Let's get those thinking uh, ahead of the podcast and feel free to send any grades you may have of the drivers. Do you agree with our grades? Perhaps I'm being un- unduly harsh to certain people or overpraising others. Let us know what you think. Yeah, we're going to be looking to give sort of like a, a surprise good of the season, surprise bad, as we would do in our normal normal race reviews, along with sort of like standout driver of the season and also uh, a villain of the season. Uh, we'll be looking at how the teams have performed as well, um, and we'll look to give you a full roundup of all the news stories that we may have barely covered in the last couple of weeks of of the review podcasts um we hope that you have enjoyed this review obviously leave us a comment like subscribe and share with all your friends and um yeah we'd love to hear from you but in the meantime stay safe and we'll uh, we'll be back next week bye for now remember to subscribe follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates you can also find us on instagram twitter and facebook by just searching for btcp british touring car podcast and you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com 